my title of my podcast is called Most Memorable Journey. What comes to your mind when you hear the word journey? Because the reason why I use it is because journey is also the journey of life. Welcome to a new episode of Most Memorable Journeys. Today I have a very, very special guest. I always say I have a special guest, but today he is extremely special. And I would like to just introduce him. First of all, just hello, Rob Moore. Very, very happy to have you. But I want to tell the people who are listening to this a little bit about you first, because um, I actually have to read it because there is so much. You are such a, a man with so many different talents. So. You are an author of 17 related books, many of them bestsellers, and the latest one has just been published and it's called Opportunity. And I like the smaller, the, the seize the day, win at life. That sounds lovely. And you own, manage and are developing almost a thousand units in your property management companies. You are a host of regular top ranked podcasts called The Disruptive Entrepreneur. With almost 700 episodes, like I am, I've just uploaded episode seven. So by 700, I may not be alive anymore, but that's, <laughs> that's another story. And you have interviewed 15 billionaires. It also says here that you're a chaos creator and a rebel. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, you are holding a double public speaking world record, including 47 hours individual speaking. That's uh, you, maybe we'll have to talk about that. That scares me a little bit. <laughs> and you are a Rise Board member for the Prince's Trust and founder of the Rockmore Foundation for Young and Underprivileged People. You won the Business of the Year 2016 and Property Training Company of the Year 2017. You're a business mentor to many celebrities, successful business people, and you are an amazing Clubhouse host. That is uh, only, I guess, I don't know, when did you go on Clubhouse? I uh, just did my 100th day in a row today. So, so I've been on 100 days and have 220,000 yeah. followers. So it's definitely been fun. Amazing. But let's say now why you are here, because um, you are the Global Woman Club Man of the Year. <laughs> we made you the man. No, we, you were elected the man of the year. And I met you at the Global Woman Club Startup Forum. And when you were talking about podcasts, I was just in the process of assembling my travel stories because I was a tour guide for 11 years and I traveled and worked all over the world. And I had been writing these little stories, sometimes posted them on Facebook. And I thought I need to get some order in this. And I thought maybe I'll, I'll get the book. I may, I'll write the book. I wrote another book before. So I thought this may be a good idea to write a travel story book. And then I heard you talk about podcasting. I was not even familiar with podcasting. But um, then I thought, I want to tell my stories. I don't want to write my stories. And that's when I bought your course. And that's you are responsible and you are the godfather of my podcast. Oh, well, that's lovely. <laughs> so um, you really, really inspired me to do this. I um, wasn't sure at the beginning because it's not as easy as it sounds, but it can be done even at, at my age. And I'm a little proud of myself that I actually went through it, followed through with it and did it. So welcome, Rob Moore. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. And what a lovely intro. I would like to sort of talk, mix a little bit, uh, because my podcast is about travel. It's about most memorable journeys. It's about 
past traveling. I'm talking about the times when I was a tour guide, when we had no cell phones, when we had paper tickets. And when you lost your ticket, you've had it because uh, there was no computer. But I also want to talk about new travel and how things changed. But I'd like to start this off with a little quick, just a quick fire question round. Would you be in for that? Because I don't know... I know a lot about you, but I don't know anything about your travel habits. So let's start with that. Let's do it. Let's do it. So if you have to choose between beach and city break. Oh, city break all day long. I hate sand. <laughs> Check in or carry on? Carry, carry on. Okay. Planned or spontaneous? Spontaneous. Hotel or Airbnb? Hotel. With the family or with the guys? With the family. Okay. Sunrise or sunset? Oh, sunset. Oh, are you not an early riser? I am, but the sunset's the most beautiful thing to look at. Swimming pool or sea? Neither. I hate water. (laughs) Neither. (laughs) I'll take swimming pool because at least it's not salty. I know. That's interesting. I think we're going to have a good chat. (laughs) (laughs) Paris or Barcelona? Barcelona. Barcelona. Yeah. And then Asia or Caribbean, if you want to go further? Asia. Okay. Yeah. Meat or fish? Fish. Fast food or Michelin star restaurant? Michelin star. Okay. Business or echo? Business. I totally agree with you. I actually read a blog that you wrote. I think it was a blog about business class. Did you write that? Do you did, did I write that right? Because yeah, you know, uh, with BAM miles. Yes, because people. I don't think people. You know, people think that you show off when you travel business class, but traveling business class is to arrive well rested at your destination. Do you agree with that? I do, and or. If you've managed to, you know, when you're on a plane, there's not many distractions. You can get a lot of work done. So I have a driver and people think, oh, well, you know, that's an opulence. No, you get a lot of work done in the back of a car and no work done in the front of a car. So actually you can make it pay. And also, you know, my business partner and I spend, well, we probably put millions of pounds a year through our Amex cards. So why not rack up all the BAM miles and get them all virtually free? So, yeah, now... I am also not one for just spending for the sake of it. But, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it also depends a little bit on the length of the flight, depending on. I mean, Mm. it's hardly worth paying for business class when you're flying an hour and a half. But um, Yeah, and it's no more comfort, really, or no more convenience. No. Um, Yeah. The, the, like the leg space is more or less mostly nearly the same. But yeah. yeah, so we agree on business class. If it's a long distance flight, a nice, yes. I'm also six foot three. So actually economy is a real problem for me for leg room, especially on a longer flight. It's not made for people who are six foot three. Six foot three. Do you know how much you are in centimeters? Because we... That's pretty much just under 190, I think. One oh, meter yeah. Centimeters. yeah. You're tall. That's uncomfortable. Yeah. And I mean, some planes really are very, very uh, yeah. narrow. Anyway, so <laughs> what? let's talk a little bit about travel. 
I'll ask you, but you can also ask me because uh, you see, I'm new at this. Let's see how it goes. You're doing great. This is fun. Yeah. What What was your first trip ever? At Tenerife, when I was a kid, my parents took me and I got sunburned because I'm very British and white. Whilst I don't have ginger hair, ginger hair, I have a ginger beard. And so I burn before I tan. And that's all I remember about it. I remember having the smallest pushchair uh, and like being gangly and my legs and arms hanging out of it and getting really badly sunburned. Tenerife, when I, I must have been three. Oh, <laughs> that is, do you actually remember it or do you remember it from stories? Uh, just that part. I remember that part. Yeah. You remember the pain, don't you? <laughs> yes, you do. You know, it's funny because I re I, I have a very re crazy memory when I was three as well. And it was when Ke I was born in 1960. And I remember when my family listened to the news and Kennedy was shot. And I remember oh, that. Somebody yeah. was saying somebody was saying something and I have this memory. So I, you know, because people say you don't remember anything when you're three, but you obviously do. And you remember the pain of a sunburn in Tenerife. Yeah, I remember the um, blue and white striped pushchair. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any siblings? Are you a... I have three sisters. Three sisters. So did you all go to Tenerife together? No. Um, two of my sisters are my dad's daughters and a previous wife. Okay. Not okay. my mum. And they're quite a bit older than me. But yeah, me and my sister, yeah, we went, we used to argue all the time. So that's... Yeah. Uh, we we yeah. don't now, but we did then. You, you did. Well, I think it's okay. A little bit <laughs> of a sibling. Uh... What is your favourite destination today? Oh, there's so many. I, there's so many I haven't gone to that I'd love to go. I'd love to go to Tokyo. I'd love to go to Singapore. Never been. I love Cayman Islands. I love Dubai. I love LA. I like places that are 24 hour. I love New York. I love places that are not too beachy because like I said, I'm, I know this is bad. I know it's sacrilege, but I'm not, I don't drink. I'm not a beachy mega sun kind of person i like hustle and bustle and things going on and great shopping and great culture and vibe and energy this is these are the kind of places i like so i mean cayman's a bit different that is a little bit more you know, relaxed and laid back and beachy but yeah i, I love the the, the amazing the, city. the hustle yeah the big, yeah. The big cities why yeah, the, why yeah. why do you like it because i'll tell you a little secret i have been living in cyprus i mean i've, I've since i was 20 i was a tour guide and i i'm married in cyprus i've been living here for i don't know nearly 30 years i hate sand too mm. i i go to the beach i love to swim i'm i even swim in the winter sometimes but i much prefer to sit on the grass than on the sand it's not nice the feeling of sand on your nah, no it's not it's not I, for me I know why I like busy cities. I actually know this because when I was very young, uh, well, as I was born through till probably 12 years old, 10 years old, um, I lived in pubs and the pubs were always really busy, really late at night. And it was always really noisy and hustly and bustly. I used to live in the flat above and be asleep, but the noise used to sort of send me to sleep. So actually until probably 30 years old, I found it much easier sleeping with noise than without noise. So I think I've, I've always had the buzz and the hustle around me because my dad's pubs that would, you know, back then there was no rules of 
you know, 11 o'clock um, curfew almost closing. So he'd run two, three, four o'clock in the morning, run the pubs. It'd be noisy as heck. And, and it made me feel at home. So I love going to places where there's, you know, there's cars and there's people and um, there's a nightlife, even if I'm not in that nightlife. I just love that. Isn't it amazing, though, that we have this subconscious programming about, you know, like like you, you quiet probably bothers you when it's too quiet because you are used. You grew up with this with this uh, yeah. noise. Quiet. Yeah. So places that are absolutely beautiful, but nothing really to do. They don't work for me at all. Yeah. So there'll be no Seychelles for me. There'll be no Maldives for me because there's just not enough to do. They're not busy enough for me. I'm telling you, I just did an episode. I worked in the Maldives in 90, from in the winter 84 to 85. I was on an island in, for five months that you can walk around in 10 minutes. And I was getting crazy, crazy. Yeah. I never went back. I, I was yeah. working there, but no, yeah. So I, the, the, one of the questions was going to be, is there a dream destination? But you already mentioned it. You want to go to Tokyo. You want to go to Singapore. You want to go to big cities. Yeah, Tokyo, Singapore. I just love to go there. Yeah. Definitely, they're probably the two places if um if I could choose. Yeah. And when you are on holidays, let's say you you have gone to Cayman or or somewhere, do you relax or do I'm you terrible think... at relaxing? So terrible. I just get too many business ideas. Just want to do things, write things, do content, recording, books, podcasts. Yeah, re relaxing and switching off is my nemesis. It's something I have to really work at. I've never been good at it. I'm not a good board. Yeah, my wife kind of forces me to go on holidays and in a nice way forces me, you know. But And she's right to do that because you, you can't always be on. But yeah, I, I find that hard. Yeah, but it's not like... I think in your case, from what I understand, it's good stress. It's not stress, stress. You know, it's it's it doesn't tire you. You want to do it. I love my work. Yeah. I really love it's it. It's not work. And it's varied and it's fun and it's interesting. And I do it even if it wasn't work. I'm very fortunate in that regard. So, I mean, look, I'll go at a slower pace, but I always need to know that day yeah, I've got that to do and that to do. I could If I woke up and there was absolutely nothing to do that day, that would be a bit scary for me. Interesting. So what happens when people recognize you? Because you are quite a known man. And I think now with Clubhouse, you have become probably much even more known. What happens when people recognize you? Do Does that bother you? Do they annoy you? Or do you like to speak to people who come up to you and say, hey, Rob, can we have a selfie? Or uh... Yeah, so that does happen quite a lot. But I'm not Tom Cruise. So it's not like two hundred people come running to me or it takes hours to get anywhere which I know I know some very famous people and it is like that so I'm at the stage where I'm actually really grateful for it and I always try and take time and it just you know I just feel honored um, that I'm making a difference and that people you know are interested in my work so I will all I don't think I've ever not made time for someone And if I've rushed, I've tried to make it up to them. You know, obviously I, I missed our appointment. I had to reschedule it, but I made it up as quick as I could. So I will do that. And I quite, yeah, I'm grateful for it. Now, if I had like some of this massive celebrities that I know, because I'm not as big as them, hundreds of people, it took me an hour to go on a five minute journey. That would be different and that would be hard. 
and you probably I probably wouldn't want that as much. But in your case, it's you're okay. You're, you're yeah, because I'm in the middle. Yeah, I'm, you're... I'm like a C list, so I'm in the middle. So, <laughs> so it's actually it's a little a little honor to be recognized yeah, exactly. in a way. Yeah. That's nice. That's lovely, actually. Yeah. Now, um, I used my my title of my podcast is called "Most Memorable Journey." What comes to your mind when you hear the word journey? Because the reason why I used it is because journey is also the journey of life. Well, that's exactly what came into my head, that the one word, life, came into my head. Because, yeah, life is our greatest journey, and it is a journey. Um, and to me, that's what life is. Yeah, I'd Yeah, agree. and we, when we do, because I'm a coach and you're, you're in this business, you're a coach as well. We often say that we have to start with the journey, with, with the end in mind. And uh, I once had to do, years ago, I was at a retreat and I had to write my own eulogy. So I had to write down what I would like to hear at the end of my earthly journey. Have you ever thought what you would like to hear at the yes. end of your, you have? Yes, I have. Tell me. I would, I would like people to say something along the lines of, I first met Rob and I wasn't sure. He challenged me. He was quite disruptive. He was a bit noisy. He... He just interrupted me, but he got me to think. And the more time I spent with Rob or around Rob's work, the more of a difference it made to me. And he, he, he helped me become a better version of myself. Something along those lines is what I'd like to say, uh, other people to say, because I'm not everyone's cup of tea and that's okay. And if I don't ruffle some feathers, I don't try to, but you know, if I don't, or create a bit of chaos, as you said there in my bio, then I'm not disrupting the norm. And, I, and I, I think it's important to disrupt the norm. You know, if you do the same thing, you'll get the same things. So, yeah, that's what I, I'd like people to say. About I you. like that. I like that because, you know, you are allowed to be disruptive. We don't always, that doesn't mean that you're not nice. Because you make pe people think, and I think that is a very important thing to do because we don't always have to agree. That doesn't mean that we don't respect somebody. That just means that we have a different opinion. And we also don't expect people to agree with us. But uh, it's all about respect, isn't it? So, yeah, that's a, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, you want, but you still would want people to say that you are a nice man because you are a nice man. Yeah, thank you. Um, I don't know to be honest, because I'm a human being and I'm flawed and I try my best to do the right thing, but sometimes I get overwhelmed and sometimes I have a bad day and much less nowadays, but sometimes I even, you know, lose my emotional control. So I'm imperfect and I'm, it's important to challenge people as well as support them. And I'll call people out hopefully politely and respectfully, but I'll call people out if I think they need to be challenged. And to me, nice is that sort of vanilla. Yeah. Bit in the, it's just, just the vanilla bit in the middle. It's kind of nondescript. So I don't know. I'd rather they say Rob is disruptive than yeah. Rob is nice. Yeah. Or, yeah. Rob yeah. challenged me. I do like to support people when they need it, but often we also need challenging, don't we? We need someone to be honest and say, hey, you can do better, or hey, you know, you should do this differently, or, you know, or just, you know, maybe have a think about how you're looking at this situation. You know, we, we all moan and complain from time to time, 
But when we do that, we're only seeing the downside or we're only seeing one side of a person and not the other side of a person. So, yeah, um, I'd, I'd rather people respect me than say that I was nice. I mean, I'd like them to like me or or be impacted positively by me, but I don't think that they would say nice. Okay. Interesting. That I like Interest, that one. Yes, interesting. interesting. Yes, provocative. <laughs> yes, yes, and and, and um, do, do do you care a lot? Because I I always feel that one of the most relieving feelings in life is to actually get to the point where you don't care so much about what other people think. How much do you care about what other people think? Well, I'm getting better at it because I've studied it a lot. Adlerian psychology talks about ultimate freedom is having the courage to be disliked. And I believe that to be the case. And the more you need to be liked by people, the less you are yourself and the more you subordinate to them in that moment. And then someone else in a different moment and someone else in a different moment just to try and be liked by them rather than just being yourself and accepting if people don't like that. So I've got better at just being myself and accepting if people don't like that. Now, I don't go trying to ruffle people's feathers for the sake of it or upsetting people or annoying people or pissing people off just for the sake of it, because that's not my game either. Some people are good at that. You know, they're good at that from a marketing perspective or they can be controversial or polarizing. I, I don't know. I, I sometimes am inadvertently, but I don't seek that. So I'm not that edgy. But yeah, you know, you just got to be yourself and, and believe in yourself and know that you've got skills and talents and know that you're valuable and that people want to hear from you and, and you, they need you in their life. And when you know that, that frees you to be yourself more and accepting critics and, and haters along the way is just part of that journey. That's that's great. Let's go back a little bit to traveling, back to the the reason that I do my podcast. What was your worst trip ever? Um, Jamaica. Too much sand? Yeah. And we had a few sort of wobbly security issues around where we were staying. I'm not going to say where and what resort because no. that's not my style. Yes. Um, but the food was not good. And, you know, food actually is really important, isn't it? Because if the food isn't good, it kind of can upset everything else. And it was very laid back and everything was really slow. And I know that's the culture as well, but it's it's just every, I love food. I love speed. I love convenience. <laughs> and yeah, I didn't and that have wasn't, one. that didn't work there, did it? No, <laughs> yeah. no, but not, not criticizing. It was just, that for me just wasn't, it was my worst holiday. <laughs> okay. That's fair enough, you know. There, that's there is one. There's always one. So, yeah. and what what would have been then your most memorable journey? Um, my most memorable journey ever was when I took my wife to the hospital, and she had our second child in a water birth, and I proposed to her immediately after Ariana was born, while my wife was laying in the water bath. That's my most memorable journey ever, and even though it was only to the local hospital. I'll remember that forever. That is the most beautiful journey. Wow. I was actually, when I was preparing a little bit for this, I was looking at the at the life you did with your kids not long ago. And I saw Ariana and... Bobby. 
Bobby, yes, and the little dog as well, Ralphie, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, very cute. That is a beautiful journey. I like that a lot. Now we are hopefully on the second half of COVID-19. Do you miss traveling? Yeah, I'm not. I can go without traveling for a while. I don't need it a lot like a lot of people do. You know, there's downsides of traveling such as jet lag and inconvenience and, and you know, that kind of stuff. I like being at the destination, not going to the de destination. So, But of course, not having traveled at all for a year, let's put it into context, it's a first world problem. But that aside, yeah, I'm ready to travel. And my wife's already booked us three holidays for the rest of this year. So she's making up for lost time. Good for her. She has. She's right to get what she wants because <laughs> yeah. she probably just needs to book it and then tell and then inform you because otherwise <laughs> it's not going to happen. That's exactly what she did. <laughs> yes, I figured you out. It doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> now, let's say, for example, you could, something would happen tonight, there would be a miracle and you could go somewhere tomorrow. Where would you go? Well, I've got some good friends that I've connected with on Clubhouse. A friend wants me to go out to Amsterdam, another one to Marbella. I'd like to go there to meet nice people that I've met, new and interesting people. I've been to Amsterdam and loved it, not been to Marbella. And of course, you could go there for a weekend. So that would be cool. We've got a, a few connections in Dubai. I do like I do love Dubai. Um, so I'd like to go there again. Singapore, definitely Singapore. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, it's fast. That's a very fascinating place. If you had to go, this is now a very challenging question, which obviously I didn't know about the sand. But if you had to go and spend a month on a deserted island, what would you take with you? Some shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I know this is terrible, Elizabeth, but I'd have to take the phone. A phone? Take my iPhone, then I could be on Clubhouse. And, and a good internet uh, connection. And yeah, and Wi-Fi and listen to podcasts. And <laughs> yeah, I'd have to take a phone. And yeah. I ask, but that's me. Actually, I always find this a bit of a stupid question, but I thought I'd ask it anyway, because people tend to ask it. It's part of the game. But yeah. I don't think anybody really knows what they would take to that island with them. And I don't think anybody wants to go to one of those islands anyway. So um, there, I don't really have much more to ask you, but I want you to uh, tell people where can they find you. I want to just tell them a little bit more about your podcast, because it's because of you that I'm doing a podcast. Um, where, how can you be found? How can people get your book? How can people connect with you? So my name is Rob Moore and you can find me on all social media platforms. Rob Moore or Rob Progressive, you'll find my usernames. My latest book is Opportunity, um, Seize the Day, Win at Life. So you can find that on Amazon and Audible in pretty much every country, I think. And then my podcast is The Disruptive Entrepreneur. We are 650-odd episodes in, I think. Interviewed Floyd Mayweather and had some really great guests. So you can find me at The Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast as well. Right. Any last words? Any advice for me? Well, my last words are always, if you don't risk anything, you risk You everything. risk everything. Advice for you is just keep doing what you're doing. You're warm. You're engaging. Just keep doing it. Your confidence will come. Just reach out to as many people you want to get as a guest and you'll surprise yourself with how many great guests you'll get. Sometimes I think of a guest and I'll go, oh, 
maybe they're a bit big for me or oh, they wouldn't want to come on a show like mine. And then I just go, nah, give it a try um, because getting guests is a, is a numbers game. But podcasting, consistency really works. And you'll, you'll look back and you'll see how far you've come. Like I interviewed Dorian Yates, you know, six time, I think, Mr. Olympian in my early days. And ugh, I shudder and I look back, I was terrible. And I realized how far I've come. And that's the fun part of the journey, which, of course, is a, a, what your podcast is about, the journey. Very good. Because, yeah, I was very nervous before at the beginning of this interview, but you also made me feel very comfortable. So that, of course, helps a lot. And uh, and this is one thing that I always tell my children. I've got two children who are grown up and I always tell them, if you ask, you have a 50% chance for a yes. If you don't ask, you have a 100% chance of a no. And I think we're leaving it at death. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, Rob, for being with me tonight. I enjoyed this very much. I want to tell you to come and visit me in Cyprus. We do have a lot of sand, but we have mountains as well. We have all sorts of other things. We have fish, we have sun. So um, I'd love to have you here. If you ever make it to Cyprus, I will cook dinner for you. That's really kind of you. And I've had a lot of fun too. And it's nice to do a different subject uh, than my normal. So thank you very much, Elizabeth. It's been great. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Bye, Rob. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. If you enjoy my podcast, please like, share and subscribe to my channel. You will find all the information in the show notes. If you like what you hear and want to know more, Check out my Soul Guru Lifestyle program on my website, www.thesoulguru.com. Sorry, that's, that's, forget this. <laughs>